Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. The dark truth behind the FTX collapse. In today's video, we're going to look at the top five parties responsible for the collapse of FTX. Some of these will be obvious, others less obvious, and one of them is really going to shock you. This call may get taken down, but I really believe that crypto investors and holders have a responsibility to know about what is going on under the scenes here. I will be revealing this dark truth in today's call. When conditions are this volatile, it's absolutely irresponsible that we start any of these calls without first looking at the charts and making sure we're all comfortable with the market context. At the moment, BTC is trading around the 16K level, Ethereum around about the 1.1K level, just above. BTC is down 1% on the 24 hour, Ethereum uh, down more so on the 24 hour, about 3%, but both of them are pretty much flat on the one week. You might be thinking, despite the shocking FTX events that have happened, shouldn't we be seeing more carnage in the market? I've spoken about this a lot, but remember, we also have some bid pressure, some positive buy pressure coming from the fact that inflation is starting to cool off slightly. This is creating a bit of a rally in risk assets like stocks. We've seen the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones performed quite well and some of that is feeding into crypto so that's negating some of the impact of FTX if you like. On the altcoin market charts one of the big winners is the trust wallet token of course everyone is talking about alternatives to centralized exchanges we can see using on-chain activity that a lot of money is coming out of centralized exchanges so alternatives like trust wallet token make sense they're picking up a bit. Market pressure is causing a lot of altcoins to underperform, in particular native tokens of projects or exchanges that, rumor says, are associated with FTX, Alameda and that ecosystem. So that is the charts covered, let's move on to the first person responsible for the FTX collapse. First party to blame, doesn't come as any surprise, Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of FTX. Let's look at some of his recent actions and then look into exactly why he is responsible for the collapse of FTX. To the disbelief of many people in the cryptocurrency community, despite the gravity of the consequences of Sam's actions, he continues to make a lot of cryptic and strange tweets. These are the updates we have in the last 24 hours. Once upon a time a month ago, FTX was a valuable enterprise and we were held as paragons of running an effective company. Again, just a sentiment here, once upon a time, as though he's telling a fairy tale. I was on the cover of every magazine and FTX was the darling of Silicon Valley. We got overconfident and careless. Again, sort of justifying the actions, it seems. And problems were brewing larger than I realized. Leverage built up, $5 billion of leverage to back by $20 billion of assets, which were, well, they had value. FTT had value in EV, but they had risk. More on this later, but suggesting that it was appropriate that a lot of their backup was FTT, which again is very much linked to the company. So as soon as people have any doubt in the company, if the value of the company is FTT, that is also going to fall. So they're very highly correlated and not appropriate. And that risk was correlated, of course. That's what we just said. And then the crash came. 
In a few day period, there was a historic crash, over 50% in most correlated assets with no bid side liquidity. There was a run on the bank, so everyone was trying to take out their money with very few people adding money back in to kind of facilitate that. Roughly 25% of assets were withdrawn, he says, and then he talks about leverage. Stating he was wrong about the amount of leverage, it wasn't $5 billion, it was $13 billion. Then he says shrapnel, one can only assume for dramatic effect. Then a message with a friend of his, a screenshot about processing the magnitude of the event. Then he says it sucks, again, mismatch of the sentiment. And then a couple of tweets apparently defending regulators, no ulterior motives there I'm sure. Then a bit of a disclaimer for some of his language, and basically saying at the end that he continues to prioritize customers and them getting repaid or compensated ahead of other people like shareholders, like employees. His messaging sort of tiptoes around the fact, but really the truth of the matter is that SBF is absolutely responsible for what is going on here. For example, the truth is that Alameda had over $8 billion of loans on their books that was primarily backed by their FTT token, something that no sophisticated lending desk, the type that would have $8 billion to spare, would ever allow, except perhaps FTX. And of course, it's hard for him to plea ignorance because we know that he's being accused of implementing bookkeeping systems that allowed him to move exchange funds without a trace. So when he was trying to prop up the Venturam Alameda, he actually had a way to secretly transfer funds. Presumably, if the idea was that nothing unethical was being done, there would be no need to do it secretly or covertly. And there's no denying that he is to blame for the full-on lies that came out when a couple of withdrawal requests were coming through for FTX. For example, SBF assured the public that FTX is highly regulated, uh, gap audited, a billion dollars in excess cash. A lot of these tweets have since been deleted, but again, extremely unethical to lie to customers when rumors started circulating about the state of affairs. So SBF, perhaps the most obvious person to blame, they are going to get increasingly more and more strange and dark, the responsible parties, as we go along. For now, we go on to number two, which is the CEO of Alameda. As well as the CEO of FTX, the CEO of Alameda, Caroline Ellison, is surely to blame for what is going on. Now, a lot of strange things are coming to the forefront of crypto Twitter about Caroline, such as her tweets about some of her favorite pastimes. And certain footage reveals that risk management was clearly not her forte. Listen now to some of her responses about how she runs Alameda. Yeah, absolutely could pull it off without my math degree. <laughs> use very little math. Um, use a lot of like uh, elementary school math. Being comfortable with risk is very important. Um, we tend not to have things like stop losses. I think those aren't necessarily great risk management tool. I'm trying to think of a good example of a True. Elementary school maths and no stop losses. This is the person that was running Alameda Research. So this is where things start to get a little bit more dark, but the party at the end of the call is certainly the most shocking. This next one is the third parties. Third parties had a responsibility to conduct due diligence on FTX before getting exposure to them. Clearly they were not doing this. A little bit of probing and due diligence would have surely revealed the extent to which FTX were in trouble. Let's look at two recent counterparties who have come out and said that because of their association with FTX, they might no longer be able to function. First one is BlockFi. It seems as though BlockFi is approaching its final block. 
After a series of statements since FTX's collapse, they appear to be less certain about the, what the future holds, and rumors are now swirling about bankruptcy. BlockFi is a US-based crypto wallet and exchange that offers lenders and credit card services. Because they offer interest to customers depositing cryptocurrency, they have been in the crosshairs of regulation for some time. In July last year, the New Jersey Bureau of Securities ordered them to stop offering interest-bearing accounts. But last week's events have set a number of wheels in motion. Founder and COO tweeted a thread on November 8th trying to assure users that everything was fully operational. However, three days later, BlockFi tweeted to say that they were not able to operate business as usual and they were pausing client withdrawals. An official statement followed on their website on November 17th, stating that although most assets were not stored on the exchange, they do have significant exposure to FTX and associated corporate entities. This exposure included Alameda debt and a credit line with FTX US. Multiple outlets have since reported that BlockFi was preparing for possible bankruptcy, Decrypt said that they were looking at layoffs and talking with Binance. And it doesn't end there for third parties associated with FTX. Another one is making the headlines more recently. Genesis Global Capital recently told customers that they would be temporarily suspending withdrawals. Genesis Global Capital serves as an institutional client base and had $2.8 billion in total active loans at the end of the third quarter. They have suspended redemptions and new loan originations as a result of the ongoing effects of the FTX collapse. A similar situation here, the CEO says that the FTX collapse caused many withdrawal requests that exceeded Genesis's liquidity. Genesis had about $175 million in locked funds in its FTX trading account. For this reason, the parent company decided to go forward with an equity infusion of $140 million. Gemini Exchange has a current partnership with Genesis via the EARN program. Gemini said they are disappointed that the EARN program will not be met and they are working with the Genesis team to help customers redeem their funds from the EARN program as quickly as possible. After Gemini went offline, some were worried that this extended passport was being presented. The Gemini Exchange is back online at the time of this recording and they said that all customer funds held on the Gemini Exchange are held one-to-one -one and available for withdrawal at any time. But we must stay vigilant in the coming days and weeks to stay up to date with all the fallen dominoes. We're now ready to talk about the fourth party entity group that is responsible for everything that's going on with FTX. After we cover this one, we're going to go into a very shocking and dark realization. Not everyone might be comfortable to hear it, but I really think it's important we talk about it. So uh, stick around a little bit longer if you want to get in on that. The fourth group is me, you, us. Why might we be responsible for what is going on with FTX? I would say that us as users might be responsible for the extent of damage we have felt from FTX based on our own risk management practices. Proper risk management is something like this, being spread equally over multiple exchanges, exploring DeFi alternatives like self-custody, external wallets, cold storage, moving all but trading portfolios off of exchanges, and using leverage to minimize counterparty risk further. If you had a huge amount of your crypto portfolio just sitting on FTX, then your own risk management practices are part of what is to blame. I think it was CZ who recently said, if you can't take partial responsibility, even a small amount for things that happen to you, then you'll struggle to improve or grow or succeed. 
So we're now at the part of this call where we're going to talk about group five that could be responsible for what happened with FTX, with how it got so big and profitable and the situation of its balance sheet seemed to go unnoticed. As I mentioned, this one is quite shocking, maybe not for everyone. A lot of theories, a lot of articles, tweets, are circulating right now about the fact that Sam Bankman-Fried was the second biggest donor to the Democrat Party in the United States. Take a second to digest that. The second biggest donor, the second biggest person funding this party. Some people think that FTX went disguised for so long because of the strategic importance it has to the Democrats. Some people even look at what is happening to SBF right now, or the lack of what is happening to him as some sort of validation of this theory. Saying, for example, Tornado Cash developer is still in jail without formal charges. SBF committed a $10 billion fraud and is still playing video games in the Bahamas. What was also quite strange to see is a lot of US journalists not taking SBF actions very seriously. In fact, the Wall Street Journal recently posted an article that doesn't call its actions criminal, illegal, anything like that, and actually just focuses on how the, how he's still able to sleep at night. Crypto Twitter was very unhappy about this particular article, calling it a puff piece pushed by mainstream media. Puff piece is a term that Elon Musk first used to describe the situation. As mentioned, this last theory is, of course, very dark if true. An additional truth that has come out of this matter is the following. Coverage of FTX Meltdown is incomparably faster and better quality on Twitter than old school media. If you're anything like me, Twitter, different platforms on social media have been your holy grail of information surrounding these events. The best way to stay up to date with cryptocurrency is now through social media platforms. Auf Wiedersehen. Goodbye in German.